1: What is going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lax Class EP199 here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. It's Jake Elliott, of course, with you. And this week, at a moment's notice, dropped everything that he had going on in his life to join me here on the podcast as it is a mad scramble this week. Evan Schemenauer, Jamie Dalek's favorite co-host, sitting in the co-host chair this week. Uh, Evan, what's going on?
0: oh it's uh it's been a good week you know if lacrosse could get this good all the time i'd be a happy man every single
1: day another game seemingly bigger than the next and evan been through a lot here as i record from my hotel room at the lovely what do we have here the hilton hilton inn garden inn something like that in west edmonton at the site of the President's Cup just down the road. Uh, put the the podcast gear in the truck with the Extreme Threads boys who drove back here to Edmonton to set up shop for the week. Didn't want to stick that stuff on the airplane, but I'm glad I did. But then just went through the last hour trying to figure out the internet in this hotel only to find out that it was the Ethernet cord the entire time in the room. Thank goodness I brought my own. Wi-Fi wasn't strong enough, couldn't hook up to the premium. It was a gong show. But I could not let the listeners, the lax classmates down here with what might have been the biggest week of summer box lacrosse we will see in quite some time as a whole bunch to talk about Now, truth be told, I was hoping to run down our guy, John Lentz, on the program here this week, but with him coaching game three of the mental cup and we're going to talk about that coming up uh with him traveling back to edmonton to play in the president's cup me in the middle of the prezi doing multiple games per day and all the rest of it it just didn't line up but we'll get john on in the coming weeks because there's a conversation we need to have so i think we're just gonna run it Here, guest free, Evan. I've called three games today. I got three more tomorrow. My voice is a little raspy from a busy Saturday prior to coming here. And uh, like I said, I didn't want to let the people down, so I wanted to crank out a podcast, but we'll keep it tight here this week on EP 199. But still, lots to talk about, of course. And I'm not sure where we should begin, Evan. Uh, I mentioned my Saturday, which began. Uh, I want to say about seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning. As I forgot to drop this little news last week, where I have been uh, honored and bestowed the great responsibility to coach the upcoming U sixteen boys at the North American Indigenous Games, going down in Halifax next July. Could not be more excited about this, Evan, and the experience to come, but uh, evaluation camps going down on Saturday in there at the Forum in Coquitlam, and lots of guys showing up to try out for this team. It was a fantastic day. Problem was, uh, the, the head coach, Ryan Williams, came down with the Rona just before practice and had to miss it so i ended up kind of having to do evaluations and running the clinic and all the rest of it so it was a busy saturday morning then off to the langley rams football game which was a four o'clock start out there at mcleod athletic park managed to squeeze in three quarters of football action before i had to scramble up to 08th to the Langley Event Center to call Game Five of the WA Finals between the Nanaimo Timbermen and the Langley Thunder, which leads me down the road of congratulating the entire Bucken family and Thunder organization, as not only were they the WA regular season champs, but they will be the WA playoff champions as well for the first time since 2013, and going back to Peterborough. We'll talk about that here in a second. As they swear, they They get rid of the Timberman in five, and they're going back east to play the Borough in the Man Cup, just like they did back in 2012, and hoping for a different result this time around. So let's uh, let's start with the Thunder here, Evan. I don't know if you had a chance to check out any of that series, but Langley is a wagon, and the odds started out in their favor. They're changing now, as we'll talk about that a little bit later in the pod as well, but Langley Thunder off to the man cup. How about it?
0: And Dane Dobie finally gets to play for a man. Unbelievable! Which it, it, you know, somebody brought that up in the group chat, and I'm like, I don't know if he has. Yeah, right? and I and, started racking
1: through the. You know, I started asking people on the bot pro- or on the broadcast. You know, has Dobie, because he got traded to Maple Ridge there, and they went a couple years, I thought. Maybe me was on one of those teams. And then I thought, you know, Adnex back in 07 were in the Man Cup. Was there a young, young Dane Dobie on that team? No, he was not. And this, uh, for the career that that guy has had, for this to be his first Man Cup appearance, and I honestly think, Evan, this is what still drives Dane Dobie to play.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, they went out, and they they got the money to get it done. I mean, Curtis Dixon didn't give up a contract in the PLL for nothing.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Uh, so you know, they got Robert church and they've got, they've given themselves a heck of a chance. Now they're going out East, which is never easy. You're playing a best of seven entirely on the road, uh, in hostile uh, territories. Oh yeah. With, with 4,000 people in the building, (laughs) you know, going nuts. Uh, against the Empire so it's going to be a tough one but you know what it's the two teams probably that we would have expected at the start of the year in the Mad Cup.
1: yeah I think you're probably right Robert Church Connor Robinson Chase Scanlon bunch of guys on that offensive end Eric Moss Thomas Weissen a lot of good pieces up front they got a good young hungry defense little inexperienced they got a couple of guys back there Jared Toll and 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 a couple of other, you know, Reese Callies has come into his own now. He's been around for a little bit here. But a bunch of young guys on that back end. And even a couple of junior A call-ups that are making an impact in the playoffs since they were knocked out playing up for the big club. But I think the biggest difference of all for the Thunder, at least for the last number of years, is between the pipes. They, since Brody McDonald, they have just not had a bona fide star in goal. And they have one right now in Frank Shilliano, who they're not... They're not going back east if ninety-two is not in their lineup. And man, a little smaller goal and a wooden stick with Frankie in between the goal, man, it is tough to score on that dude. And Peterborough's gonna have their hands full. They may come out on top in the end. We'll see. But I can tell you this: Langley's gonna give them a series. Well, Peterborough, they got themselves to the to the Man Cup, and they're going for four in a row. Evan, uh, with you know, mix in the pandemic there, of course, but. This hasn't been done, I want to say, since the 50s, a team winning four Man Cups in a row. And Peterborough's got a shot to do this on home soil as they dispose of the Chiefs in six games. And you know that series was going to be tooth and nail between two high-powered clubs, but it's Peterborough that comes out on top. And never mind that, Evan, but led, speaking of goaltenders, led by
0: Doug Bucken. Yeah, it's interesting that Matt Vince was the backup for some of these games. And it's like, what's going on here? But, um, you know, he was actually on the IR at one stage, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little later. There's one difference, though, with Peterborough is that they don't rebuild, they reload. They've got the biggest bank account in that league. They can go get the guys they need to get. You know, they finalized a trade to make Mark Matthews permanent on that lineup. But there's a lot of guys there that simply just love to play for Peterborough. Yeah, Vitarelli, Um, Evie, Hopi. Yeah. list goes on. Are they the favorite? Yeah, they are. I mean, when you get to play all seven at home, you're the favorite. It's Um, been
1: 35 years, Evan, since a Western team has won a Man Cup on Eastern soil. And I, like... Peterborough they're a damn good team I don't know if they're as loaded as they have been in maybe man Cup years past so with Langley being as strong as they are like I almost give the thunder the best shot that a western team has had is gonna have in quite some time and it still may not be enough
0: um, and had they had they had the ability to play this one out west the uh, thunder would probably be the favorite yeah yeah.
1: So there's your uh, MSL update, your WA
0: update, your NAG update. Um, Speaking of NAG, are they playing both box and field or just box? Just box lacrosse. Just box okay. lacrosse there.
1: But I do believe they are using world lacrosse rules, which kind of, I mean, is one thing. Like, It kind of bothers me a little bit, quite frankly, that they may have the jurisdiction to take away wooden sticks at the North American Indigenous Games, which just doesn't sit right with me. I know I've been clamoring for a unified rule book and all the rest of it for mm-hmm. a long, long time, but if there was ever an exception to be made, would it not be this tournament for the Indigenous?
0: Well, maybe it gets back to that poll I put out a couple of weeks ago, which didn't talk about last week, where there was a major debate. Travis Cornwall's is the one that started at over yeah. – why do we not have NLL rules and NLL equipment on these goalies to begin with? Right. So I put the poll out there. Says, okay, should we keep? So the CLE keep the rules the same. Should they adopt full NLL rules or minor modifications? Seventy. What was it? Seventy three percent said go full NLL. Only fifteen percent wanted the the it to stay the same, and I think twelve percent wanted yeah. minor differences, but. If the NAIC are saying, "Hey, we're going World Lacrosse rules here," why is the CLA still going with these old woodies and everything like that? It it makes zero sense. I laughed about it when well, I'm trying to remember who it was. The WLA got kicked out of a game for wearing his NLL gear, which was smaller than what the CLA was allows.
1: I think it might have been Friar. <laughs>
0: yeah, and yeah, you know, why subject these goalies when they're developing to? Bigger equipment, bigger sticks, smaller nets, and then have to learn something completely different when they go to the pros. It yeah. still doesn't make
1: any We've sense. We've been down that road multiple yeah. times
0: here on the podcast.
1: And, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like I said, if there was one tournament where I think you would make an exception for that, it might be the the North American Indigenous Games. Anyways, speaking of uh, rule books and such, they're still playing CLA rules here at the President's Cup. Which I find a little mind boggling, quite frankly, as you know, like I'm kind of like waiting for eight second counts and back over violations that just never (laughs) get called. And, you know, and I think to myself, like, oh, there's a turnover. There's a turnover. There's a bad shot. That's a turnover. Guys are taking 12 seconds to get over center. And I'm thinking that this is not right. Like this could be better. And. Again, I, I just don't get why it takes a decade for that organization to start getting with the times, and they're ten years behind everything, and it takes forever to get things done at that level and get rules changed and all the rest of it. So,
0: do they at least have the shot clock?
1: Yeah, they have a shot
0: clock. Okay, thank God. They do
1: have a shot clock, <laughs>
0: because uh, the thing is, like you know, even towards the end of the game. You can sit there and kill the clock. You can pass the ball around the entire perimeter of the arena, right? You do not have to cross half. So it's, it's, it's archaic, ridiculous. The face-offs are now in tight, I'm assuming, because they're still playing that rule. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's all of it. So anyways, it is what it is. But with that being said, we're two days into the tournament now. I want to say nine games, 10 games, maybe into it here. As I think the last one just wrapped up a couple of ties today. In fact, and capital region, which I also hate, like nobody likes a tie. Can we not play sudden death overtime, please? Like one goal. That's anyway. So a couple of ties today, capital region, the Axmen. shout out to my man, Joe Sullivan uh, coaching that team. And, and, they they had two ties today, which is kind of bonkers. The the hosts' club, the Edmonton Miners, look to be the class of the tourney here so far, Evan, as uh, a very convincing win in their opener, 20 to five over Capital Region, and then. Kind of put it to who do they who do they play today? I'm trying to rack my brain here. They played Aquasasne this afternoon, and it was a pretty convincing win, where you know Keegan Ball only needed to play two thirds of the game, sort of thing. And then they sat him down—a rough and tumble affair. The marquee matchup of the day: the Ladner Pioneers and the Six Nations Rivermen, defending champions, and it was the Pios. In another penalty-filled game, I think Six Nations had 31 minutes in penalties, including three <laughs> majors in this game, and they only lost nine to six. And I'm pretty sure Ladner only scored like two five-on-five goals. So a bit of a weird one there. Um, Calgary Mountaineers are surprising some people. They were in the tie today. They 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 lost. They actually beat Aquasasne earlier today as well, as they had a doubleheader. Snake Island has been a bit of a disappointment so far. They are 0-2 and 1. They have a tie today. And uh, who am I missing?
0: Well, and you're forgetting to talk about the save of the year from Eric Penny.
1: Holy cow. Check that thing out on, <laughs> on the World Wide Web right now.
0: He, he kinda, made up for his turnover, that's yeah, for sure. He did
1: <laughs> it. he did it to himself. So it's kind of hard to give a guy the save of the century when he forced the save himself by throwing the ball away but what a stop there from eric penny man holy that i said on the broadcast that i that might never mind being the save of the tournament that might have been the greatest save i've ever seen
0: yeah Uh, if, if you haven't seen it yet he he turns the ball over to two guys wide open on top of the crease gets fed across and he's falling over backwards as this thing hits his arm like it is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable stuff. So check that out on the Twitter feed. Um, I think that's a recap on the Prezi. Those games are going on all day, every day, and right up until Championship Saturday. Uh, on a website called HN Live, if you want to check that out. I'll post that link. I've done it a couple times on my Facebook, but I haven't tweeted it out yet. Oh, actually, I think I have tweeted it out. It's pretty easy to find. HN Live. They did all the Rocky Mountain League this uh past season, and they're doing the President's Cup as well and doing a great job. I might add Cody Jansen. Voice of the Rush and Mohammed Joma, who uh, called the President's Cup with me back in twenty sixteen in Leduc, is also along for some of the games as well. And so a few people bitching, Evan, about having to pay to watch the President's Cup because I think people have been a little bit spoiled with being able to watch the MSL and the and the OJ and the Minto for free. And Here's my response to that. Nobody likes to work for free. And things cost money. Cameras, equipment, announcers, what have you. And you don't want to pay the money to watch the game. Don't pay. But zip your lip. Because you know what? Yes, kudos go out to Major Series and Ontario Junior Lacrosse for going out and doing the work and acquiring sponsorship So people can watch these games for free. But if nobody is going to go out and do that, then fine. Maybe they don't want to pay somebody to do that. I don't know what the scenario is. But at least the option is there for you to either buy the game or not. It's there for you to watch if you want to buck up for it. It's better than not having anything at all. And if you don't want to pay for it, why don't you? go out and find the sponsorship dollars and offer it up to the lacrosse community to watch for free.
0: Well, I'll say this much. When the Minto Cup was free, I watched every single game.
1: There is no Evan, there is no denying it is better for the sport and better Mm -hmm. for the game and better for the players and better for the fans to have these games available for free. I am not disputing that. But if it's not for free, you have the option to either buy it or don't. But don't bitch about it because you don't want to pay for it.
0: I mean, it might limit me to watching one or two games, unfortunately, but that's just my prerogative, right? Exactly. It's, yeah.
1: So there's my little rant on that. I uh, just kind of had to get that off my chest. But I, like, I, I get it. I get it. But don't bitch about it. Either buy it or don't. Don't bitch about it. There is one little league we have not talked about here, Evan, and that's because... It's this week's Big Focus.
2: Big Focus. Big Focus. Focus. Another than the Big Focus. Focus. Big Focus.
1: Another than the Big Focus. Big Focus. Big Focus. Big Focus focus this week, Evan. Of course, it has to be the Minto Cup. And... Shout out to lacrosse boss, Patty Gregoire, uh, producer Donnie. Who else we got over there? Uh, Bones Brian and Shanny and Henny and all the gang there doing the broadcast all week long. Bang up job by the folks at JVI. Kudos go out to Commissioner Grimes and, uh, of course, daughter Colleen for all the work that they did to, to make that tournament. Something special, Evan. I mm-hmm. cannot recall a Amento Cup being that enticing where you knew from the first day that that tournament kicked off that these four teams were about as even as it could get. We've seen some great series in the finals and some great semifinal games as well, but the entire tournament start to finish from game one to the last one There has not been a better Minto Cup than this that has involved four teams. And the team that got knocked out of the round robin, the Victoria Shamrocks, I'm still not convinced they didn't have the best team there.
0: Yeah. Uh, Statistically, Victoria is the best team to never win a game at the Minto. They lost game one in overtime. They lost game two by one. They lost the third game by two. Of course, the big thing always with the Minto, from our perspective, is, is that there's been people calling for ages in the two big provinces to say, why is the Rocky Mountain League there? They get blown out, this, that, the other thing. They didn't earn, and I've heard so many different things, which immediately, as much as the Edmonton Miners are a rival during the year, immediately every Rocky Mountain team throws their support behind that one team because it's like, we want you to go there and shut people up. We want you to go prove that this league is legit. And did they ever? You know, like there was a thing of they're playing Whitby in their opening game, and people are like, Yeah, okay, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? And when it goes to overtime, it's like, Oh, is this for real? Yeah. And then they back it
1: up. They back back it up again. And then they make history, Evan, being the first team to punch their ticket into the semifinal. They make more history winning the semifinal, and this is why we wanted to get John Lynch on. Regardless of the outcome tonight, and and listen, congratulations to the Whitby Warriors and Sean Williams, the city of Whitby, who I think win their eighth Minto Cup in their organization's history, and what a great team the Whitby Warriors are and, and were, as they'll graduate a lot of players But it goes to a deciding Game 3, which comes down to the final five minutes in a one-goal game where Edmonton takes a penalty, they kill the thing off, Whitby takes a penalty, a penalty shot with 24 seconds left to go in the deciding Game 3, and the kid, Dane, I believe it was, comes in, beats the goaltender, but hits the iron. Yeah, Uh, just an unbelievable storybook finish heartbreaking for those Edmonton kids. But the news has been broken here. Evan, the Minto Cup is coming right to where my ass is planted right now to the city of Edmonton next year. And you know how hungry those kids are going to be after coming off of that this year, being in their backyard and know they're in it and hosting. That's got to take the sting away Mm -hmm. and got to motivate you some kind of fierce.
0: Well, and the thing is that that minors team only has a handful of graduates. Yeah. Most of that team is coming back next year. Yeah. And, you know, the guy that's shown there is one, who is we are We're also trying to dig. It's like, what is his draft eligibility? Where is he at? And this is a guy that's been playing Alberta junior hockey league for the last years, trying to get an NCAA scholarship in hockey. Now, the uh, problem where that lands, it sounds like he may be declaring for the, the NLL draft now. Mm-hmm. And the way he played, there's got to be some GMs taking a very quick look at this guy's like, not only is his draft status catapulted, but he's available immediately. So a guy like that is going to be, you know, something else to watch to see what happens with him. And whether that Alberta factor is still in the back of GM's minds or not. Yeah. Uh, but he'll be back the next he's actually got two years of eligibility left <laughs> in Junior. <laughs> That's crazy. Right? This kid is a baller.
1: <laughs> and it's like Lindsay said, he didn't think they had the star studded talent that maybe a couple other teams had, whoever it might be, Firth or Haley or Platrus or whoever it was, but he thought that they were the deepest team. And I think they were that he was right in that regard. Top to bottom, that roster, not a whole lot, if any, weak links on it. And I think, Evan, now the next question to be asked is how long is Alberta going to be allowed to pick up players heading into the Minto Cup from other clubs? Because I'm not so sure that they need to do that anymore after watching this one.
0: Yeah, I mean, Dame was the main name that they had picked up. Uh, amongst them and of course if they're hosting that means two rocky mountain league teams are going right so if the ability to even pick up is going to be diminished but by the same token if edmonton's the host you know you're going to be in the mento that's going to actually encourage guys that are going to look for an interprovincial transfer or some american guys coming up or whatnot you have a guaranteed spot in the finals yeah they're going to be able to attract some Decent uh, talent. Kids are coming
1: from Ontario and BC to go and play in Edmonton next year. I guarantee it. And I don't blame them one bit. We've seen Alberta kids doing this for years and years. John Lentz was one of them coming to BC to try and win a Minto Cup because Alberta just wasn't there yet. But now that they're hosting and coming off a performance like that at the Minto Cup, you know, just what a what a summer, really. For lacrosse in Edmonton, you think about the Warriors at the Founders. And then the Miners at the Minto. And now the Miners hosting the President's Cup. And I know it's only been two days here, Evan, but I think the Miners are going to the final here at the Prezi. I don't know who they're going to face, but being on their home soil and having the pedigree that they do, I think they're making their way to the final here at the President's Cup. So what a summer for... The miners and and Edmonton lacrosse here, top to bottom. Alberta is officially on
0: the map. Uh, absolutely they are. And you know, this miners team, if you don't if you look at the lineup, guys are probably not too familiar with this team, but you've got John Lentz. You've got Aaron Bolt. You've got Keegan Ball, right? Like they've Dilks. got they got what about a half Triolo. dozen animal alerts on there? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Jamison Dilk's playing too. Um, mm-hmm. so it's a, it's a good squad, but I, I think more so than anything for the miners that we're talking senior B here is that they've been together so long and been to so many president's cups that nothing surprises them. You know what I mean? They know how to start it on Monday and how to finish it on Saturday and, They've been through it all. So when it comes down to the rough stuff, they don't get freaked out by that. They know the rigors and the physical toll it's going to take. They know how to manage their roster. They know how to coach through these things. They know what the officiating is going to be like. And they're at home, which is Mm -hmm. a huge advantage in a tournament like this. So once again, congrats to both the Edmonton Miners and especially the Whitby Warriors, who are your 2022 Minto Cup champions—a a very deserving champion indeed. Whitby, Whitby deserved this thing, and they and they earned that win there tonight.
0: Yeah, they absolutely did. Uh, a massively defensive battle. If there was a any difference in it, and this is something maybe not been too obvious, but Edmonton just taking t- a little too long to get their offensive substitutions done. And just didn't give themselves the time on the shot clock to to get to the top of the crease, which is where their game was. And Whippy's
1: defense just pressured out so high that they didn't—they just suffocate you, right? So you can't Mm -hmm. get your offense going. And it was a real low-scoring game. Um, So again, congrats to to Whippy and. Kudos to to everybody who pulled off that that Minto cup there in Brampton. Uh, it was just uh, it was an excellent tournament from top to bottom, and uh, a lot of people deserve a lot of credit there. So, well done. That was the big focus, Evan. Uh, you haven't had to do this for a while, but uh, settle <laughs> up, partner, because we're heading for the Stampede Stables. <laughs> <laughs> Danny is actually in the room watching me. She's never seen me do the horse noises before, Evan. But there it was right there. You want to give it a go?
0: Yeah, you know I don't.
1: (laughs) Disappointing. Uh, Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Man, they would be huge out here. In Edmonton, Evan. Uh, lots of cowboys running around the province of Alberta. But as we know, it's more than just Western wear there at Stampede Tack and Western wear. But whatever you need, man. Hats, shirts, boots, jeans, belts. They got it all, Stampede.ca. They've been in Cloverdale since 1966. So you can head out there or just hop online because shopping local. Well, Shopping Online is still Shopping Local is what I'm trying to say. Stampede.ca, Stampede Stallions of the Week, Evan. And uh, I don't really have one in my brain. So while you were talking about your stallion, I'll figure out what mine is.
0: Well, I just mentioned his name a little bit earlier, and that's Matthew O.J. of the Edmonton Miners. And, Joe, you know, just his stat line alone in the semifinal against Beaches, he had 10 points and about 20 loose balls in one game, which is just ridiculous. According to the stat line, his final stats, nine goals, 23 assists, 32 points. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't care track loose balls or anything like that. But, uh, you know, just what an insane performance, taking this team on his back on the offensive end, making things happen, knowing that he was going to be the guy that was going to get targeted but finding everybody on the top of the crease, which is basically where the Miners got over half their goal production. Just what a performance. So welcome to the stable match, you go Yeah,
1: you know, he's not like when you watch him play, he's not the sexiest player you're ever going to see. Like he's not going to blow you off the charts with his stick skills or his quickness or you know, like, but he just gets the job done in a, in a variety of different ways and just seems like a nightmare to try and match up against and then just kind of has that it factor when it comes to scoring goals.
0: Mm-hmm. But, you know, he realized the situation this week in which he's going to get the double. He's going to get the double almost every time and finding that guy that's now wide open. And like I said, 23 assists in seven games. So he was... He was on top of it all week.
1: Yeah, I uh, I got a right mind to give the whole Miners organization the stallion this week, but uh, this is mm-hmm. more of an individual thing. And we talked about this guy early in the podcast, Evan, and that is one Dane Doby, who is going to his first man cup here and check out the stat line for dopes. 21.8 shooting percentage, up over 20. That's pretty good. Just four penalty minutes for Doby, which used to be, a bit of a factor and an issue for him. Uh, But 10 games played, 24 goals and 38 assists for 62 points. Evan, this is math I can do. 62 points in 10 games. That's 6.2 per. Leading the Thunder and the playoffs in scoring. He was named the MVP. And for a guy that's been doing it at the level that he's been doing it for as long as he's been doing it, Going to his first Man Cup here, you can tell how bad 44 wants this thing just by the stat line through 10 games of the playoffs. And I don't see him slowing down any when it comes to Man Cup time. I think the production probably picks up. And Dane Doby is going back. I don't know how many times I put Dane Dobie in the, stale- the stable, Evan, but he's going back <laughs> in again. Welcome, Dane Doby and go, you are this week's stampede stallions of the week. So we well, going let me to- ask you this question okay.
0: about him. What? Now that he's going to be on this, for lack of a better term, Madden All-Star roster of an offense in San Diego, uh, the ball—you know—he's not going to be relied upon as much as he was in the past. How do you think he adapts with all this Just fine. around him?
1: Just fine. I I, <laughs> I don't think the production drops off for Dobie. He's going to get his, whether he's playing with junk around him or ultra superstars, Dane Doby is going to find the score sheet one way or the other. So I don't see production dropping off for him. And you know, as much as this Man Cup run has motivated him, I really believe that the other thing that motivates Dane Dobie to play lacrosse is for his kids to realize what daddy does for a living and they're starting to get to that age where you know they want to come on the turf and be with dad when he's celebrating championships and and dane wants him out there like the first like they're taking the team picture for the W.A. title everybody's down there crowding around the net and around the trophy and dane's getting his kids out of the stands to come out on the turf with him to celebrate that's where he's at right now. So right. I I really believe that the girls are, are part of the reason Dane is still playing at the level he is because they want he wants them to remember uh, watching their dad play. So there you go. There's the stallion. I said I wanted to keep this short here on EP199, Evan. We're over 35 deep, and we still got more <laughs> to talk about. No guests this week here on EP199. So coming up on the other side, we'll get into it lacks class locks and report cards keep it right here ep199 lacrosse flash podcast network
2: associated labels and packaging a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service with 40 years of experience an extensive product catalog and an ever-growing fleet of equipment associated labels and packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level
0: this is rob Buckin, general manager of the langley thunder you're listening to lacrosse classified
1: all right welcome back to lax class jake elliott evan shamanara with you here for ep 199 and Time to pay some bills here, Evan. Uh, So let me thank Associated Labels and Packaging for their continued support. They are the best in the business when it comes to labels and packages. You know this by now. AssociatedLP.com experience, technology, and environment always on the mind of the folks down there at Associated Labels and Packaging. They'll make your product look and fit better. Check them out at AssociatedLP.com. Also, to our friends at Rycor Construction, they make it stand out at Rycor Interior and Exterior Renovations. Lots of experience there. Whatever you need, decks, fences, kitchens, bathrooms, Rycor Construction, Facebook, Instagram. Check out the website as well and uh, make whatever you got stand out with Rycor. Double overtime. Game seven. Mitch Jones into the middle. Got a rim. Got a shot. Scores. Mitch Jones puts the bellies into the finals. Stolen by
2: Mike Messenger. Twisting, turning, scoring. They can taste it. Listen to this place again. You know, the Canadian Army could use a tank like Mike Messenger. Time now for the Kings of Queens Park brought to you by the new Westminster Salmon Bellies. For the final chapter of this summer, we're doing something a little different. We're going deep. This king of Queen's Park never played lacrosse, never felt the slash of a woody across the wrists, the glory of a goal, or was the focus of a roaring hometown crowd. This king you've never heard of, and he wouldn't have it any other way. In fact, when I reached out for an interview for this piece, he declined. He said he's lived his entire life behind the scenes and prefers to stay there. Well, today we're gonna shine the spotlight one way or another. Ron Booth is the Arena Manager at Queen's Park, a New West resident and a lover and admirer of lacrosse and the salmon bellies. It's a tough job keeping the old barn in tip top shape, but Ron's staff are world class. He's bent over backwards for the bellies over the years, finding ways to make every request come true. Whether it's making sure the night watchman was available to let the boys hang up their gear at 1am after an island roadie or helping plan and execute ceremonies in a team with this much history pulls him off a lot of all the wacky requests that ron fielded over the years he's only ever said no to one dan richardson wanted the new westminster regiment to scale down out of the rafters to hold the ceremonial face off on a seat for soldiers night ron probably sensing the ancient rusty rafters were too dicey to hold repelling soldiers declined the only thing he ever said no to we celebrated all the Bellies on-floor legends this summer, but it's people like Ron Booth, manager at Queen's Park Arena, that helps cement the culture that we know as Salmon Belly's lacrosse. I'm Brad Challoner. That was this week's Kings of Queen's Park. I hope you had an amazing summer. Thanks for hanging out with us here. Check out merch at SalmonBellies.com to gear up for next season. We'll talk to you then. Cheers, guys.
1: We got, of course, uh, that was it right there. You just heard it coming out of the break. The last installment of Kings of Queens Park for the summer. Want to thank the New Westminster Salmon Bellies for their support uh, over the last couple of weeks. And we hope you enjoyed learning a little bit of Salmon Belly history, courtesy of our boy, Brad Schellner, who just did fantastic work. Like, I, he, with the way he does those things, I. I suck at doing stuff like that. I don't know how he does that. Like, I wish I was good at that, sort, but I'm not. But he is. So that's why he's doing it. And he did a fantastic job all summer long with Kings and Queens Park. So thanks to the Bellies and Bradley for those for the last couple of months. That was a lot of fun. And uh, who knows? Bellies may be back. Don't forget to check out your Sam Bellies team store. I think we've paid off all the bills, Evan. So... Settle down. It's time for report cards.
2: Settle down, class! Today is report card day! Today is report card day. It's report card day!
0: I my report card!
1: Uh, report cards, also brought to you by Stampede, Tack, and Western Wear. Did I say we're going to pay a lot of bills here, Evan? Uh, I'm true to my word. Stampede, Tack, and Western Wear, Wrangler, they're Canada's biggest Wrangler dealer. So, you know, when you walk through the door, there is going to be Wrangler galore. Hey, I think I just made some new copyright there. That rhymed, Evan. That was pretty good. <laughs> walk through the door, Wrangler galore, stampede.ca. You can't thank me more. I, I gave it a shot. Uh, so there you go. Stampy.ca shopping online, still shopping local. Lax class report cards. I'm not sure I got a report card ready either, Evan. But uh, you go first.
0: I'm giving a D to this injured care, care reserve. Now listen,
1: you cannot just be giving your D out to whoever you want. You need to either add, like, a D-plus okay. or a D-minus here because it. when you just say, I'm giving a D to... That sounds like you want to just, like, stick it to somebody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, and, and,
0: and it's... Okay, so it's specifically mostly to the MSL. Okay, so on this D, give a D-plus D or a
1: D minus D-minus. I'm not letting you just give okay. the D, MSL D a
0: D. D-minus. D All right. And the only reason it's not an F is there <laughs> is a reason... To have this injured reserve rule now, for those that don't know what's going on uh, during the first round of the MSL playoffs, which this MSL season has already become a big enough joke as it has been, the number amount of crap that's gone on is ridiculous. But then all of a sudden, there's a protest at the end of the first round of the playoffs about the eligibility of Matt Vince and Joe Reseterans that they haven't played four games during the regular season. And this four games is a standard rule, both in senior A, senior B at the junior ranks. And there's a reason for it. You don't want to have a whole bunch of ringers show up in the playoffs when they haven't been a part of the team all year. So a team like the Ladner Pioneers, who did it correctly, they want Ryan Banesh to play for them at the President's Cup at their own dime. Flew him out to British Columbia twice this summer for him to play to make sure he got at least his four games in. So you do it that way, perfectly fine. Nobody's complaining. But all of a sudden, the question was, well, well, Joe Rosenteras hasn't played all season. And Matt Vince didn't play four games. What's going on here? And then Six Nations responds by, well, Billy D. Smith is playing all of a sudden. He definitely has not played all season. Like, what the heck is happening? And where this really went over the top was, I think it was game three of this series, or game, no, sorry, game four it was. And all of a sudden, Lyle Thompson is playing. And it's like, hold up a second here. Lyle was in the PLL all summer long. He's the leading goal scorer in the PLL this summer. And now he's showing up. And I'm not going to blame Six Nations here because if Peterborough is doing it, sure as hell they need to be pulling the same stunts. All these guys all of a sudden were eligible because they were on the injured reserve at some point. Now, the injured reserve has a bit of a purpose. And here's a perfect example. If I was playing on a team, I blew up my ankle two games into the season. I healed up. I'm available for the playoffs. It's not my fault that I wasn't able to get Four games in. There's a reason to have an ability to bring me into the playoffs because I was injured in a game, what have you. A guy like Lyle Thompson to be deemed eligible and somehow injured all summer long. Now, the reason he couldn't play was that he couldn't play PLL and MSL. This is where it's starting to get ridiculous. And same with Joe Reseteras, not playing all season, all of a sudden, hey, guess who's showing up? And what I'm really starting to worry about is, we're getting to the Man Cup, and there's going to be three PLL teams eliminated this weekend. <laughs> and how many guys are all of a sudden going to show up once again because, oh, hey, they were injured? Yeah, And apparently all you need to do is get a doctor's note to say, this guy was hurt. Well, I
1: wonder if Langley... <laughs> Uh, you know, Trey LeClaire is their property. I wonder if they were hip to this loophole that was left open by the CLA. And I mean, essentially the MSL is just kind of saying like, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doing this and we don't care what it looks like. And I, honestly, I don't blame them. It's, if it's there to take advantage of. But here, here again, here is a rule that, you know, got implemented by the PLL, and the CLA is late to react, and suddenly teams are taking advantage of this loophole because nothing was done about it, and they got nobody to blame but themselves.
0: But at least this offseason, if you're going to expect us to take you seriously, implement the IR rule that you got injured in a game, then you can come back. But this Don't is leave this heaven. wide open for this is everything. In, it
1: takes at least two years for them to switch a rule at the CLA level. So it's not yeah. changing next year. It's just not. I mean, that that's the ridiculous part about it, is that it takes two years for even the discussion to be opened, which is just crazy. Like, I, I expect in 2022, when you can just hop on a Zoom call and cast a vote in five minutes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not too difficult to figure out. So, uh, what was that again? You wanted to F the D mi- D minus D the D
0: min- D minus for the MSL and how they have enforced this injured reserve rule. There you
1: go. Uh, I'll spin it positive here, and I want to give a A. I'll give them an A plus. Why not? I'm feeling generous to all the kids who had about oh I don't know, Evan, like 72 hours. When the notice came out from iSpark that we were hoping and holding a an evaluation camp in Coquitlam, kids from far and wide, Evan, the island, the interior, the north, made the trip down on moment's notice to try out for the North American Indigenous Games lacrosse team and made it happen within like three days. iSpark did a great job getting the, the... you know, everything secured and, and helping the registration process and everything runs smoothly. The timing on it was absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, with ice going in rinks and all the rest of it, things became pretty challenging. But, uh, you know, try and pull something like that off in that a short amount of time was, was really difficult. And I just want to, to all the families, parents, moms, dads, uncles, aunts, grandpas and grandmas, and then all the kids who made the effort and made the journey to come and try out for the team, you're all getting an A-plus from me this week. Anything to add to that, Evan?
0: No. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate things got to happen at the last second, but yeah. obviously they're dedicated enough to their craft to to get there when they need to get there. Yeah,
1: it all worked out. Uh, all right, report cards are done. Locks, Glass Locks are next.
2: It's locked.
1: percent of the time you're wrong 48 percent of the time i hear by the club, lock of the week Ooh, that's a big luck, all right lax glass locks cool bet canada don't forget to sign up to cool bet your first time deposit bonus code lax Coolbet.com. bonus code lax glass first time deposit Stay cool when you do this. Uh, it takes a couple minutes to sign up before you put your money in the, the account there. Put in the bonus code LAX class And CoolBet, the good folks there at CoolBet, will match you up to $200. Now, Evan, I've been telling you all summer long, I've been way too busy to box, with box lacrosse to pay attention to the PLL as I normally do. And you screwed me last week because <laughs> we laid down a parlay for the PLL. Playoffs that are taking place this weekend, not Uh, last weekend.
0: I was was wrong too. That I thought they were last weekend. They're they're coming up this weekend. But Uh, listen, I don't mind when you make
1: yourself look like an ass, but don't be doing it to me as well. Well, hey, you could have looked it up just as easily. I suppose you're right. So the parlay still stands plus five ten. You want to recap the parlay quickly, Evan?
0: It's Chrome over Chaos on the money line. It is Atlas, or sorry, Archers minus 1.5, if I'm not mistaken. I'll just double check that. Sounds right. Yeah, Archers minus 0. 0.15, and Atlas and Water Dogs over 24 and a half.
1: Uh, by the way, we didn't even mention our buddy Santino this week, who, you know, with everything going on here, Santino is back to work at his regular day gig. And by the time we hit the record button, I know you're a night owl. I'm up late as well. And we're cranking this thing out in the dead of night, essentially. And Tino had to go to bed because he's got to get up early to go to work. So uh, that's why Tino's not here this week. But he took the Water Dogs over. That was his pick. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, Evan, I saw our good friend pac War tweet out a couple of days ago with man cup odds being up on cool bet more juice has been laid down on man Cup odds in the past like four days than the entire Pll season
0: do I got that right uh the 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 future the futures
1: yeah yeah whatever I mean it tells me people want to bet on box lacrosse is what I'm hearing
0: yeah um and the thing about it is is that If you got in on the Peterborough Lakers like when I did at the very start, when they were plus 235, now, granted at that time, they were one game all against Six Nations. It wasn't a guarantee they would get there. This is why you bet futures. Yeah, and now all of a sudden, the Peterborough Lakers, there is so much money going on the Lakers that the oddsmakers have had to continuously drop the odds to try and this, stave off,
1: this is how it works. Right? Of this is how it and, works.
0: And all of a sudden now, the Peterborough Lakers are a minus one forty-five. Okay, so if you would have put hundred bucks down when I did, it's three hundred thirty-five is the, was the payoff. Yeah. Now it's closer to hundred bucks gives you about one fifty. Yeah.
1: So right? that there you go. That's why you bet on. So you telling me my my. Bet on the Nanaimo Timberman is not looking so good now, right?
0: Well, it's dead in the water. Yeah, I know, But, I <laughs> so but there are there are additional odds coming the next couple of days. Uh goal totals. Head-to-heads. Um, Head-to-heads. Um and then of course once they get a schedule down, they will have individual game odds down.
1: Over-unders, point spreads, money lines. It's all coming. Courtesy of our good friends at Cool Bet. And listen, if you're you know you've been listening to the pod for a while, you haven't really wanted to get down on the PLL. There's no NLL games going on right now. Man, Cup, baby, get an account at CoolBet.com. Use that bonus code Laxclass, and you're get your. I don't know how to say this any more plainly, Evan. You get free money. You have nothing to lose doing this. Yep. Up to two hundred bucks, and you can gamble on the man cop in Peterborough.
0: And here's a little bonus. If you are a tennis fan, you will want to go take a look at the promotions tab this week.
1: What's going on? Because I am a tennis fan, Evan.
0: The, there is a special little promotion. If you are betting on tennis this week, just take a look at that promotions tab. Okay. It's all there.
1: Okay. Do that. Uh, take a look for the lacrosse classified parlay as well. And uh, we'll keep that going. We'll... we'll dial in on the man cup next week i suppose when i return home as uh no dates for the man cup start yet but i would say probably around the 9th or 10th is likely i think that's gonna do it evan that was uh, a good chunk of time i hope people enjoyed the podcast this week and now i'm just thinking episode 200 is coming up next week. How about that?
0: So we'll look forward.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll look forward to that. Uh, no plan. Which for we it. didn't.
0: I, I still think back to the first two, not knowing if we would have an episode three. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. So uh, hopefully
1: we can run Johnny Lynch down next week. It'll be the end of the Presidents Cup. I imagine we'll talk to somebody from there. Uh, who knows? Uh, well, we gotta
0: track Willie down one of these weeks too and we get do. some insight in Vegas. There
1: you go. So maybe we'll double dip it. We'll go to overtime for episode 200. Sounds like a plan to me.
0: Appreciate everybody
1: tuned in this week. We'll be back next week, every week here on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Don't forget to give us a follow on social media. I am at PXP, the number four. Sports Evan is at Shemlax. Uh, Brad Challener is at Brad Chall. Let's give everybody a shout out here. Ferratino, for Tino Ferra. Uh, Jay Dowick for Jamie Dowick. He's been on the podcast a lot lately and man, am I ever bitter? I didn't re up on that thunder Timberman thing we had going earlier this Mm -hmm. year, but, uh, missed the boat on that one. Lucky bastard. You
0: know, before we go, maybe we should just, I just want to ask you what your thoughts are on, the big trade that went down oh, today. Oh, right? right. We didn't even uh,
1: mention that. We didn't talk NLL transactions or no. big trade.
0: Yeah, Randy well, we got some Stot- time. Let's go talk some NLL transactions. Okay.
1: Uh, yeah, big trade actually going down today as Randy Stotts dealt from Panther City to the Halifax Thunderbirds exactly what the T-Birds need another righty in their lineup uh which you know I don't know what's going on there I actually had a good chat with Kurt Styres today at the President's Cup and I said Kurt like you you got enough righties and he says "No, just enough just enough <laughs> uh Kurt is always a fantastic person to talk lacrosse and life with and uh, enjoyed my chat with him but yeah so Randy stats. Going to Halifax, reunited with Cody Jameson. We know those two got a little chemistry. And going back the other way, ninth overall selection this year, the 25th overall in the 25 draft, I want to say, second round in the 25 draft, and Jackson Reed to Panther City as well, all in exchange for Randy Stotts. Uh, So a bit of an eye-opener on the trade front today. I know there's draft news coming Courtesy mm-hmm. of the NLL. I'm not sure I'm allowed to say what that is quite yet and don't want to get a smack on the pee-pee. So well, I mean, not here's my gonna...
0: take, I guess, on this trade. and I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how it all makes sense for everybody. Print the T-shirt, right. smack on the pee-pee, Evan. <laughs> yeah. Um, get why a guy like Turk Steyer would <laughs> Danny, want to get ready to
1: losing her mind with smack on the pee by the way.
0: Right. Yeah. But the thing is, is that, now you're probably gonna to have to trade somebody away <laughs> so you're gonna to have to make another move. Panther City really confuses me because Smack them, yes baby. you you got back what you paid to get stats a year ago but yeah you kept them around for a year you paid them for a year you know I hoping think there's a he's little gonna be there with John, Donville and whatnot and now, now you now you dealt them it's like
1: I think dirty. there's a little little more to this than what meets the eye down there in Panther City with Randy okay. Stutz, I'll just say that. I'm not going to get into yep. the to the minutia of it all, but a little more to it than just a, a straight-up trade there from Panther City
0: and, and Randy Stotts. So
1: okay. uh, NLL and then, transactions.
0: Anything yeah, so you, notable you got, for you? So you got the two – you got Albany's fire sales going on two different trades going on there oh, so
1: Connor and Q yeah I mean their offense uh is going to look completely different next year Banesh gone Rez has gone O'Connor gone uh some pieces coming back the other way obviously but it is going to be a different looking offense in Albany
0: yeah and, and the uh, it makes me wonder you know they, they had a difficult time retaining three agents is it just the fact that Albany, like New England, was not the easiest place to get to. I
1: think that's got to factor in, Evan. I think that's got to be a part of it. I don't know, yeah. right? Like, I haven't heard that out of anybody's mouth. But I got to think that's probably a factor. I don't know.
0: Yeah, so who knows? I mean, at least you still got Doug Jameson back there. but
1: Kieran McCardle all, traded?
0: Yeah, off, in, off in New York. Mm-hmm. Off Long their, Island.
1: Their lone Long Island product. Who they really couldn't find a spot for on that left side. They started to try him out of the back end, uh, and I think that was going okay, quite frankly. But I mm-hmm. don't know if there's more to that one or not, too. But no more Kieran McArdle in Long Island. I'm trying to think who they got back the other way. Another lefty forward. So, so that
0: was O'Connor and the eight selection for Kieran McCardle in fourth.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. So and so you got you know, the transactions in front of. I'm shocked. Yeah. So I'm shocked. The other trade was. Q and Woods for Walker in the seventh pick, yeah. which uh, John of trading away a first round draft pick. My God, what's the world come to? <laughs> <laughs> to, you know, to yeah, well, you know what?
1: <laughs> uh, I think Q spends his time in Florida, which is not too far away from Georgia, so I really think that one makes a lot of sense for kind of for both teams there and Walker. I think he's got a future in this league and just wasn't really meshing well with that swarm offense. And I think a fresh start for the former pioneer will be a a good start for for Ethan Walker as Mm -hmm. well.
0: And then, of course, you've got uh, Brett Hickey finding a new home in Calgary, Calgary, which, of course, is kind of the what are you doing to replace Curtis Dixon response. but. Mm Uh,
1: well, Hickey's here at the President's Cup. I had a quick chat with Hicks today, and he's excited about going to Calgary, and pretty sure he's moving to Calgary. He's wearing green mm-hmm. shoes here at the President's Cup. I say you better not show up in Cowtown wearing those things, even though you probably blend right in with the turf. Uh, you're not going to get away with that. So we'll see how it works out with Hickey yeah. in Calgary. What else you got? Anything else? And then, of
0: course, in Buffalo, signing buffalo was kind of silent the first week but now everything kind of they you know they re upped fence they got uh Buchanan back uh but uh great hard neck going there now and where did i see Jeff, uh mr yep. delicious
1: mr delicious yes mr delicious <laughs> re-signing as well vancouver making a couple of signings to evan eric moss Uh, Langley Thunder, former junior belly, former Saskatchewan Rush, if I'm not mistaken, getting picked up by Vancouver. And uh, a couple more in the hopper, from what I understand, coming down the pipe for Vancouver. Keegan Ball re-signed as well. And uh, I heard whispers that Baller may be stepping away from the game. Not the case. He got his kind of off-field career figured out with his on-field career. And Baller is staying in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. that's
0: huge. Yeah, so, I mean, there's still some big names out there. There's, uh, you know, street-free agents. Yeah, there's some street-free agents, I think, are now going to start to be looked at a little closer, and we'll see if there's any more movement amongst those. Yeah,
1: I would imagine Um, a couple of guys here at the President's Cup are going to get plucked up by the end of the week as well.
0: Well, but the other thing is, is that, you know, the question is, do teams try and scoop off street free agents now or do they wait to the draft and then see what their needs well,
1: are? It's a fine line. It's a, it's a bit of a chess game, right? Because everybody's kind of doing the same thing and you can only sign so many guys per year and use up so many cards and contracts. So you got to be careful. You don't kind of back yourself into a corner in that regard and sign too many guys too early and then don't leave yourself any wiggle room for later in the year. So that's uh, that's the game that the GMs play. Evan, we got to get out of here. I got to get to bed. I got another big day <laughs> here at the Prezi tomorrow. We hope you enjoyed EP199. Don't forget to subscribe and put down a review wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Thank and support our sponsors, Stampede, Associated, Rycor, Cool Bet, Salmon Bellies. I'm missing one, Evan. Who is it? Rycor, did I say them? Yes, I can't even remember. It's late. Thank you to all our sponsors. Associated... I think I said that. I want to thank all the listeners for checking out Wax Class each and every week, uh, especially here in Edmonton. I've had so many people come up to me already, and you know I love the pod. Hey, I want to introduce myself, and, and I love that sort of stuff. So keep it coming. Keep listening. And we'll be back next week right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network with EP2Hando. For Evan Seminar, I've been Jake Kelly for the fastest game on two feet. And for the greater, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.